I think we are ready to get started this morning. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all here this morning. Um, today is a communion Sunday, so for those of you at home, uh, make sure you have your elements gathered together for communion. And for everyone here, we do have communion cups. Um, Jeff has got those in the back, so if you didn't get those on the way in, make sure you grab one of those before we do communion. You've got a little bit of time here. A um, couple of quick announcements before we get going. Um, there's several ways still to engage uh, with church, with community during uh, the Christmas season here. There's a number of opportunities here, including ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. That's going through uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, so we can ring the bell at the King Supers in Golden. I think it's uh, mostly afternoon hours every day, but you can sign up online. All this information is available on the website. Uh, well, there's also ways to help out with Nicaragua at Christmas time, both either buying coffee or just giving financially for gifts for our missionaries, for the people in Nicaragua, etc. And then you can also, if you're doing your Christmas shopping on Amazon, make sure you use the uh, Hillside Amazon Smile account because we get a donation off of that as well. So that's another good way to give to the church. Also, the uh, women's ministry was planning to have a Christmas cider night in person outside, but those plans have changed. Um, that is now going to be a Zoom session uh, Christmas celebration for women and their daughters on December 13th. Uh, again, information in the, uh, on the website for that. And then we have not finalized yet our plans for Christmas Eve, but we are leaning towards outdoor service or outdoor services weather permitting and Lord willing. Um, I think we can have up to 75 people outdoors. Um, so we will probably do something here in the back parking lot. It'll probably be a relatively short service, but we'll sing some carols, sing some worship songs, uh, have a candlelight service outside. So it should be pretty special actually. We're looking forward to doing that. Uh, so we will have more information about that over the next uh, couple of weeks, just to give you some details on that. Uh, we've yet to decide whether we're gonna do one service or two services. Uh, most likely to, but we will kind of play that by ear and let you know the details on that. Uh, I think that's about it for announcements, so let's just go ahead and pray and then worship together. So let's pray. Almighty God, we do just thank you that we are still able to come together. Um, it's not the same as it has been in the past, um, kind of like a lot of our holidays right now. It's just not the same, but yet there's still great value in coming together in person and online and worshiping together and hearing your word together and sharing communion together and just being together as a church and a fellowship. So we thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship, this time of community, um, and just invite your Holy Spirit to be in our presence, Lord, uh, to draw us together uh, across the miles that we're experiencing right now and just bring us together in a spirit of worship and in truth. And Lord, we thank you for this Christmas season, this Advent season, and just the opportunity to prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of our King. We pray for your blessings on our time. In Jesus' name, amen.
For I know my God is in control And His purpose is unshakable Doesn't matter what I feel Doesn't matter what I see My hope will always be In Your promises to me Now I'm casting out all fear set me free my hope will always be your promises to me Stop the plans you've made Nothing's gonna take your love away You will always be more than enough for me You will always be more than enough for me You will always be more than enough for me Nothing's gonna stop the plans you've made Nothing's gonna take your love away You will always be promises to me Now I'm casting out all fear For your love to set me free My hope will always be Your promises to me Doesn't matter what I feel Doesn't matter what I see My hope will always be Your promises to me Now I'm casting out all fear Set me free, my hope will always be your promises to me.
we thank you that we can trust in your promises. In every season, you are our hope. We put our trust in you, God. God, we thank you that you are faithful. God, we want to bring you praise even when we don't feel you or see, we want to give you praise because you are our God and we trust that you are always there and always working in the midst of everything. So God, we love you. It's in your name we pray, amen. All right, before you guys sit down, <laughs> um, it's someone's birthday today. So we're gonna sing my dad, Mike Flack, happy birthday. So let's sing. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mike. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Now Thanks, you everybody. <laughs> Donovan Lowen. I'm the missions pastor uh, here at Hillside. Um, I don't get to share too often, so uh, excited to share with you guys today. So uh, last week, Kevin started us off with uh, our Advent uh, message, our series, and we entitled it The Coming of the King. Uh, he spoke on, on hope, and uh, as we know, Advent means that act of waiting, and hope is that anticipation. So hope for things eternal, uh, not things that will uh, consume us here earthly. Um, so this week, uh, we get to share on a faith and um, building a foundation, what that means, how faith can be risky, uh, what it looks like when you exercise it, and then also uh, we'll hear living by faith or sharing your faith. Libby here is going to join us. We're going to hear from her, and then we're going to end with a time of communion. Gus, gonna, Gus will lead us in, in a time of communion. So before we start uh, diving into stuff, we're going to first uh, light last week's candle of hope. So as you guys know, uh, for those of you who know me, um, you know that I like to build stuff. And as I was thinking about faith, I realized there's a lot of things that I didn't, um, I was, maybe my brain was a little bit cluttered, you know? So as you build things, you realize 
you need to, you know, take it down to a point where you've got a solid foundation. And I realized uh, maybe my foundation wasn't maybe too far off, but there was a lot of things kind of cluttering, cluttering the foundation. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, you'll, you'll see here, the guys told me, okay, just be yourself, it'll be all right. So I built it in. I figured if we're going to have some, if I want to be myself, we're going to have some fun. So I looked for foundation pictures. I couldn't find one that really worked. But I found this one of Dave Klingman, Wade, and I pouring a foundation for neighborhood rehab. You can't see it there in the back, but we're very happy at how smooth and firm that foundation is. So there you go. So I realized I was cluttered. The foundation was cluttered. Again, maybe not bad things, but I realized there's lots of words kind of jumbled on that foundation. Things like people of faith, faith-based, sharing your faith, have faith, leap of faith, blind faith, ye of little faith, lacking faith. And I'm not going to get into each one of these phrases here, but I realized there's just so much going on. So I needed to kind of deconstruct and clean off the foundation here. Generally, um, I thought you know, about those key words, which I don't think are, are off or wrong. Confidence, assurance, trust, belief. And in looking at the dictionary, um, it, you know, it, it looks pretty, pretty clear. So if we uh, look at, you know, that first definition there, complete trust or confidence or someone or something. And then two, the strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on a spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So I realized... Uh, there's something a little off there in me. I kind of gravitated to that, to that second one, thinking, hey, this has to do a little more with blind faith or leap of faith. And, and I, 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 I realized in my definition of faith, I was always working it back to me. How am I convincing myself of something that's true? How am I... Um, tricking my brain, you know, when a doubt comes in, just dismiss the doubt and, you know, and think back to, uh, that's not right, it's true, you know, without, without the proof. And so I realized maybe I needed to dig a little deeper. Okay, so uh, I realized, yeah, that, that it's a, lot, a little weightier maybe than I thought, a little deeper. So looking at Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see. So good, real good. Uh, then looking at the King James Version, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I really like this translation. I listened to an amazing message. It's linked in the Bible app. If you go to the Bible app to events, you can, you can follow along, kind of like a little bit of a bulletin. Um, but at the bottom there, you'll see a link, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project goes into a lot more depth into this. Um, but this was really good for me to realize it wasn't about me tricking myself or lacking reason, but rather digging deeper into the evidence, digging deeper into why would you believe that? So it changes that focus now from what can I do, but who is he? What has he done? What has he done on that cross? And so looking at that foundation now, um, he's the one. He's that firm foundation. He's made it. He's, he's set that. 
So maybe an example could be, um, you guys know I'm, I'm from Canada. Uh, we, we do farming up there. And uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a family farm. It's real cold. The winter is very cold. There's times that you will think winter will never end. This is just a continual winter. And I've got family watching um, so they can attest. They tell me it's obviously been a long time since I've lived there through, through winters. But you hear it's just like, when is, when is winter going to end? So this idea of, you know, do you need to trick yourself to think, hey, spring is coming, winter will go away? No, it's based on history and evidence. It's based on a long time track record of after winter comes spring. Uh, similarly, um, so this is, I planned in a few rabbit trails. So you'll see, uh, is that even a thing? Can you plan in rabbit trails? <laughs> so looking at, uh, this, is, this is our soybean field. So my dad sent the picture after we put the seed in. We can't just willpower this thing to be like, all right, let's, let's see these seeds pop out of the ground. It's a, it's a thing based on years of experience, based on people's testimony, based on seeing seed will pop out of the ground. And um, we have to trust that that's true. So looking at, so here's just the, the rabbit trail here. Here's a, a fun picture of me and my dad and my brother uh, in the soybean field. You can tell it's a very well-producing soybean field because they never get up to waist high. But we're tricking you. <laughs> Beth had a little fun with the camera, so really <laughs> that's what it looks like there. Just for fun. Again, I said I was going to do rabbit trails. The guys told me, be yourself. So, so back to believing not in something airy or flighty. It's on who he is. He's the cornerstone of our faith. It's his word, his faithfulness to us. By the testimonies of the things that we've gone through, my own testimonies and your own testimonies, that bring us that evidence again that he is the foundation. So again, not thinking of how I can trick my brain, but rather looking at it's because of him. That transfer of trust from us to him. Okay, so now that we have a foundation kind of cleaned off a little bit, a little more set, uh, what do we build? Uh, how, what else do we need to build? Um, so for, for me, um, you need a plan, materials, and tools. So let's, let's look at that as being the confidence, assurance, and trust. I'm really good at planning a project. I can have all the materials and tools and everything just sitting there. The plan's perfect, the tools and the materials are there. But if somebody doesn't do something with it, it's just gonna sit there. So digging in deeper this week, that faith being the two-part faith, not only do you need to have confidence, assurance, and trust, but you also need to have that obedience, that action. You need to step into it. That gets me excited. I'm much more of an action dude. I love um, when the rubber hits the road. So looking into, um, you know, the rubber hitting the road, that, that's kind of risky. You know, the Holy Spirit's our guide. He's telling you some things. 
high risk. Some of those, and sometimes it does feel like that leap of faith, that blind faith, but it's not. It's, it's again, on him, the cornerstone. So to somebody looking at it, they could, they could look at it being complete, you know, stupidity, or maybe even being absurd. But the reality, because we know where our foundation is, it's not. So let's look at um, Hebrews 11 has got a whole bunch of great examples. But let's look at, uh, at Noah here. So Hebrews 11:7. it's just a little snippet, obviously, of the story. But by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. Anybody looking at Noah thought he was probably crazy. But he knew that foundation. He knew the person who was directing him, who was guiding him, who was telling him. That was that foundation. Let's look at Abraham and Isaac. So this is, again, Hebrews 7, or 11, 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So, again, looking at Abraham, looking at that story, that's crazy. But knowing, again, it's, it's the Lord, it's that obedience, that faithfulness that leads him. Let's look at one more. Jericho, Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Again, craziness. When you think, hey, let's just go march around this thing for seven days. It's based on that foundation. So looking at it, really, there's low risk. It doesn't feel like it all the time, but there's a low risk. Uh, I had a friend tell me when, I was, when we were purchasing our house, a few of you were in that process with us, it was kind of a huge, a huge step for us. And he's like, hey, with God, there is no risk. And that's stuck with me for a long time. Um, years ago, uh, we had been a part of an organization called Youth with a Mission. And um, we would take trips to uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And, and I know that probably brings different emotions for different folks because it's, it's a big old party scene. And then you, you have a whole bunch of folks with very, um, uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> well, no. Well, they, you, there's a ton of Christians there with huge signs that are very in your face and also, um, you know, just you know, you're going to hell kind of stuff, you know? So it's not this embracing love type message. And it was really difficult for me uh, seeing those, but realizing we were coming to be love, not to get in your face, not to shove something in your face, but to rather love folks that are in a confusing time. There's, you see folks that just, they party too hard, and what do they do now? There's a lot of guilt and a lot of uh, other stuff going on. Um, so we would take uh, our students um, down there and just to be available to the Lord. And so uh, we, had, we had one girl uh, who right around Valentine's Day was given a pack of M&Ms. And she was about to open these M&Ms thinking, yay me, you know, I get M&Ms. She was about to tear it open and she felt the Holy Spirit tell her, don't open those M&Ms. They're not for you. 
So she kind of wrestled a little bit. She argued. She's like, well, they're kind of my M&Ms. And, <laughs> and realized, you know, hey, you know, that's still a small voice. Just, no, put those M&Ms aside. So she put them in her backpack. And she started praying, um, Lord, you know, what's up with these M&Ms? Who are they for? So she started praying for the person. Well, we're in, um, in New Orleans. We're in Jackson Square. And we're just kind of mingling, praying, just kind of being available to what the Lord would have for us. Around the corner, this dude, big old dude, uh, black trench coat, real intimidating, comes storming around the corner. And it kind of caught our attention a little bit. A few of us, you know, we're kind of scattered about. And he walks, like, straight to her. And he's like, where are my M&Ms? And she's like, uh, (laughs) you know. She had that, obviously that bewilderment, like, okay, this isn't, this isn't a joke here. And so she's like, um, right here in my backpack. I've actually been praying for you. Um, God spoke to me about you through these M&Ms, you know, weeks ago. I've been praying for you. Instantly this dude just starts tearing up and crying right before her. And she's, uh, you know ministering with him, and, and he's like, I, I've been in seminary, I had the call of the Lord in my life, and I totally ran. And it caught her. I mean, it's just, again, looking at the obedience there, the action, she would have missed out on all that stuff right there if she just dismissed that still small voice. Obviously, that's a bit of a dramatic, like a, a, a dramatic story. I mean, there's some really cool elements. I don't believe that um, I, I mean, I believe they're, they're always available for us. But what does that look like maybe for us in the day-to-day, right? There's, we heard about, you know, Abraham and Isaac going to the mountaintop. We were storming around the, the city walls. Um, what does that look like for us, you know, today? Even just more common type stories. Um, exercising your faith. I heard a, I heard a teaching a while back of... You know, building your muscles. You're not going to be able to lift the heavy weight if you're not able to lift the small weight. And so in my prayer life, you know, we're challenged, pray about those small things. Listen to listen to the Lord on those small things. Um, this is just a fun one. We, uh, I was, before we were married, I was in Vancouver at an airport. Didn't have any cash on me. I don't, I don't think... Well, I was looking at this vending machine. I was like, man, I really wanted a drink. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, go press a button. Go try it. And uh, I'm like, really? And I was this, this, this little, it was in that season of just, hey, test little things. So I went over, and I just pushed the button. Boom, out came a Coke. I'm like, I would have totally missed out on that if I hadn't taken that step of obedience just to, just to try it, right? And it's been one of those stories that have been pivotal pivotal for me looking back to realize, hey, he's proven himself in the small stuff. He's continued to prove himself. Um, we had a, an experience um, just a couple of weeks ago. As you know, I work with a Neighborhood Rehab Project. And one of the homeowners, uh, their couch was just totally destroyed. Normally that doesn't fit our, our warm, safe, dry um, value system of where we go and helping folks um, but she's like hey we really need and they're just the sweetest mom and son that live there and so I'm like hey I'll, I'll try to look for a, a couch for you 
And she's like, and make it red. If you can find a red couch, I really would love a red couch. I'm like, okay, I make no promises, but I'll see what I can do. So um, literally right after that, I went to, to Kevin's house, Kevin Scheib. And I'm like, hey, I met the, you know, the sweetest uh, mom and son, and they, they need a couch. If you know of one, um, just keep your eye out, because I know that he, he hears about stuff. Well, he's like, well, actually, you know, um, I have one in the garage, and I think we might be, I think it's on its way out. I'm like, awesome, well, let me know. So we leave. In the back of my brain, I'm like, I know it's a red couch. It's just got to be a red couch. <laughs> and, you know, he calls back a day or two later, so like, all right, the couch is good. I'm like, hey, what color is the couch? He's like, it's red. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so... We, uh, we delivered it, and it was so cool because it opened this door, you know, to tell, tell these folks, hey, we got you a couch. They're just thrilled. Uh, we got you a couch. And she's like, and it's red. You know, you got a red one. I'm like, well, let me tell you about that. He's like, I'm a praying dude. I know how God works in these things. As soon as you said there's a red couch, I said, uh, we found the couch. I didn't, I didn't know what color it was, but I knew it was going to be red, you know. And it was just this piece of... Like, wow, cool, God cares about my desires more than, um, more than you think. So I know a few of you are thinking, how does any of this uh, tie into Advent? Good question. I had wondered as well, and that was part of my deconstruction, just wondering how this is going to go. But let's look at a story here as well. So Joseph... Um, might often get overlooked in um, the story of Jesus' birth. Let's, let's read this together. Well, I mean, we don't have to read it together. I'll just read it. <clears throat> so this is, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to, to divorce her quietly. So, I mean, it makes sense to me the way he's thinking here. Um, obviously, he sounds like a good dude. Um, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Pretty cool story. Looking at Joseph, that took a big step of obedience, a big step of faith to realize I'm laying it out there before the Lord. And I mean, <laughs> look where we're at today. So again, that confidence, assurance, trust, looking at that part of the definition of faith and that obedience and action. Gus made a good point as we were chatting this week um, about milestones, uh, because this is, a, this is a big deal. Just like I said about that can of Coke, I look back at that, that's a milestone, that's a memory, that's a, that was uh, 
something I look back at. So, so for us, I know each of us have got those stories that have, that have shaped us, that have led us um, to where we're at today, and more that are going to come. The challenge is, write that stuff down. It's, this is, the result of this is going to be more confidence in the Lord. It's going to take you out of comfort zones. It's going to be building and exercising your faith to do more in the future. We have, um, as I mentioned, Libby's going to be sharing with us this morning. And um, it's been really cool to get to know uh, Libby and Tyson. Tyson, we're going to hear from you another day. But as, as Libby, Libby, come on up. Um, Libby's been uh, real, a part of the community real deep uh, with the pastor's prayer. She's part of FCA and, and is a, a fresh Rocky Mountain police chaplain. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so excited to hear from, from her. What, I, what we had told her, and as you know, uh, when it comes to who we are, relationship is big. We love, um, we love what Libby does. We love FCA. We want to hear more about FCA. But what I've asked her uh, today, what we wanted was to hear just more of who Libby is. What's, what's your story? And I think... Um, yeah, thrilled to have you share with us. Obviously thrilled to have the body and the rest of the internet body get to know who you are. And um, so, yeah, if you would want to step in front of the mic and share us a little bit about your story, it'd be great. Morning. That, that was weak. Good morning. <laughs> Make sure you guys are awake. Uh, so I'm Libby Nath. I have lived in Golden for about three and a half years. My husband Tyson runs Be Golden in town, so he's the golden superhero if you've heard about Be Golden. Uh, so I, yeah, just a little bit about my story of faith. Um, I grew up going to church. We went to church every Sunday. I actually wore heels and a dress to church most Sundays, which is hilarious because if you know me, I rarely wear heels and rarely wear a dress. Um, But uh, yeah, it was about junior high time that I started realizing um, about that foundation. We all have our foundation set on something. I love that you touched on that this morning. And for me, that foundation was like, I'm just gonna be a good person, right? Check the box, go to church, be nice to someone at school. And it wasn't until junior high time that um, I felt like the gospel actually took hold of my heart. And that foundation that I'm not a good person, I, I don't have the credit to be good enough in God's eyes, but Jesus does. Um, in Galatians 2.20 talks about how I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me and the life I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And so my foundation switched of one that was shaky because you have good days, you have bad days to one that was solid and on the Lord. Um, the fact that yeah, I couldn't be enough, but that he was enough. And so that became the foundation of faith. That's kind of how I came to know uh, the Lord, and that was grown. I got discipled in high school, and people pouring into me, showing what does that look like to be up on my own two feet of faith. Um, And kind of like our most recent story, Donovan and I were talking this week just about stepping out in faith. Um, The fact that we are here is a total story of faith. Uh, We are not from Colorado. Uh, We're from Missouri. Um, Go Chiefs, right? (laughs) Yeah. Amen, says the crowd. Uh, (laughs) Um, Thanks for sharing with us today. We're going to 
besides college essentially and um, my sister makes super cute kids and they were moving out here and it was my heart's desire to be in Colorado to be close to them and so started thinking about moving to Colorado saw the FCA job was kind of intrigued by it um, took the job and right before I left I met my husband so I lived there for years I don't know where he was but you know we've been on our first date two weeks before I moved out here um, so I always wanted to be out here he followed me out here we got married came out here um, and for most of our marriage, there was this tension of he wanted to move and I wanted to stay. Um, and we'd go back and forth, and you just kept butting heads on it of, like, I want to stay, and I want to go, and what do we do? And um, so eventually I got to the point where I was like, fine, God, you can have your way. Like, and we do that with God, right? Um, all right, God, like, I'm going to step out in faith here, um, and I'm going to trust that wherever you call Tyson, um, that that's, that's where you want, um, that he's the leader of our family, and I'm going to trust what he, even though I didn't want it, right, this is tears and fighting and gnashing of teeth, but trusting, all right, God, I know that your word says that, that he's going to lead our family and that you are going to lead him, even if that means breaking my heart, and so I told Tyson, I said, we can move, let's go, where do you want to go, great, uh, and so when we talked through that and spent several months in there, and then I noticed after I surrendered it, this change in my husband's heart, um, and it wasn't me nagging him, it wasn't me trying, it was actually people in Golden, people in Hillside, getting to know him, pouring into him, and he felt like this became home, and he got to the point on his own where he said, I think God's calling us to stay, and I was like, really? I mean, <clears throat> really, I think God's calling us to stay, do you now? Um, but just that, like, step of faith of, like, we weren't even supposed to be here, you know, the plan was to leave, but to watch God do that, um, and then there's this whole story of buying a house and all that, but even the cooler backstory is that, you know, Gus and the elders of this church, they actually prayed for us to be here years before we came, which is just silly, right? Like, I do FCA at Mines and love Mines students, love FCA, and they were praying for someone to step into that role at Mines years before we even got here, and so this journey of faith, I mean, it's those seeds of, like, maybe God's calling us to do things with our faith. Maybe he's calling us to be obedient. And sometimes he's just asking us to ask and to pray. And just, so, just to see that story, I know, that's encouraged my heart. It's my, encouraged my confidence in the Lord. I and mean, he's proven himself faithful over and over and over again. But sometimes he calls us to step out and take that risk, knowing that, I mean, we could be living in Missouri right now, and God would be just as faithful, just as good. But to see him take care of my heart in that way and take care of our family in that way, it was really cool. How, how does um, sharing your faith, how does that look for you at FCA? What's, I know you've mentioned to me just a model that, you've, that, you've, um, that you roll out, and I, I really love hearing it. Her, she always ends her emails with, until the whole, whole, until the whole world hears. Did I screw that up? That's good. I did it. <laughs> Till the whole world, world hears. And I, I love just that heart of um, she cares about others. She's focusing on just the well-being, not just the well-being, but that people are going to hear the message. You know, and that's that's a reminder every email that she sends. To me, I thought that was really cool. But anyway, as you look at discipleship, when you look at sharing your faith, how, what kind of model do you guys use? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, FCA, big picture, we do ministry with athletes and coaches at Mines, and the hope is to empower them to share their faith and the influence that coaches and athletes have. And um, So for us, that looked like buying a house in Golden. Uh, 
Shout out to Jeff Fox Realty if you need a house. Uh, we bought a house in Golden, and the, the purpose was to have those people in our home, um, which is when the pandemic hit, it's a little curveball. But our model is life on life. I mean, it is messy. Like, they see the highs, they see the lows, um, and it's doing life with people, and Jesus comes up because Jesus is part of our life, right? Like, I, I, when I talk to my college girls, I think, I tell them, uh, hey, so you've known me for a while now, right? Like, yeah, and I said, what if I told you, hey, guess what, I'm married, and you had no idea. They'd be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You know, you talk about Tyson all the time, you do things, you highs and lows, right? Well, how is that with Jesus, that it's like all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna share my faith, here I go. Um, it's not necessarily like a moment up on stage, but just a, we're talking about Jesus with people that know Jesus and that don't because he's a part of our life. And and it's amazing, because we get, I, I, it's my job as ministry, but I get scared to share my faith. I get nervous and I get the well, what if they say no what if they think I'm weird they probably already think I'm weird you know what if they turn me down what if I lose that relationship but when you build that relational equity of you know they come over for dinner to our house and we watch the Broncos lose together all the time like we we, <laughs> we share that time together we have that relational equity and so when faith comes up it's not me preaching at them it's me sharing my heart and inviting them to be a part of it and so um, often on FCA, we talk about the difference in mentoring and discipling. Um, we, especially Christians, we can mentor a lot of people and we can have a really good influence on a lot of people. But discipleship is that life on life. They see the messy, they see the highs and the lows, and they see us following Jesus, which is what drew me to Jesus in the first place, right? I saw people who loved him in a way that was challenging, but was worth it. That made me want to follow Jesus, and so that's our ministry model now. Well, I think that's it for Libby. All her Bronco comments. I'm kidding. No, thank you for sharing with us yeah. this morning. I love it. And and just we wanted you guys to see uh, see her, and, and we'll be meeting Tyson and seeing them more in the community. But um, it's just exciting to see folks living their faith and and not afraid to just again. How do we get more folks living discipling? Um, Can I share one more verse? Awesome. I read this this morning. Donovan said if God put something on my heart, I could share it. So this morning I was reading, you know, we talked about um, Hebrews 11, and we call it the Hall of Fame of Faith, right? And you're like, Abraham did this, and so-and-so did this, and all these people. And so I was just reading over that this morning and um, realizing that it's not just chapter 11 that's about faith. Uh, chapter 10 really sets that up. Um, and it talks about in, in verse uh, 22, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart with the full assurance that faith brings. Verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. Um, and I was thinking about it this morning. Um, I'm a CrossFitter, I'm sorry. Um, and there's a, the Michael Jordan of CrossFit has this quote. And he's like, when I'm training, I listen to my body, right? Is this for it? Is it? And he goes, and when I get in the, the competition, I tell my body, shut up. Um, and I was thinking about that with our faith, right? Like, as believers, it's not that fear doesn't happen and lies don't come up. But as believers, that full assurance is the confidence to look at that and be like, shut up. Like, I, that when we get nervous, when we get scared, when what about this? And what if God does this? And what if we get to look at that and say, shut up, because God is so good, right? We, we know his confidence, and we get to hold unswervingly to that. And I don't know about you guys, but this has been a crazy year. I don't want to repeat 2020. Um, and I know that even just in this room, we're going through a lot of hard things. Um, so whatever it is that we're walking through as we're going through that challenge, that's actually what Hebrews 11 is about, is how do you persevere in faith? And let's hold unswervingly. Why? Not because our faith is strong, but because the one we put our faith in is strong. Preach it. Dude.
Awesome. Um, so in application, thank you, Libby. Uh, in application, I just want to share three things for us to be chewing on, and then Gus will lead us in communion. Um, one, just in heart prep and reflection. Where are you at? Are you trusting him and putting your faith in him? So as we go into worship and into communion later, that's something, something to chew on. Two, looking back, where was he working? What are your stories? What are your milestones of your faith? Where is he at work now? What are those stories that you're currently writing? And three, like Libby just shared here, um, share your life. Share your story. This, sharing your faith shouldn't be that difficult. We're not looking for a clever, you know, tract or an agenda for you to just to, you know, shoehorn the gospel into an awkward, you know, situation or an awkward way. As you're, as you're getting to know people, as you're sharing life, it's just know who you are and what you're, what you're about. That life on life piece. Love that. So let me pray for us. And, um, Gus, if you want to come on up here. Lord, we're, uh, <clears throat> so grateful for um, our foundation being set on you. Lord, that as we prepare um, just coming up for just in celebrating your birth, uh, what does that look like for us as we prepare for your second coming? As, as the bride, we wait for you knowing that you're, you know, it's not a you may or may not come. You're coming. You've been faithful. Your track record is solid. You've been there for us again and again. And Lord, as we look back at those milestones, um, continue to challenge us to lead us in those. God, we're grateful for this opportunity to share these stories together, uh, to write new stories together, to see uh, all that you're about in our, in our day and age in this, in this crazy time. Just give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's awesome, Dee. So good to have you, Libby, Tyson. That's pretty cool seeing how God brings things together over the years. And what, a, what an awesome thing God's done in this city for years. So it's awesome you guys are part of it. Um, yeah, I was thinking about how does communion connect with our faith. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's very important. We're commanded to take it on a regular basis, but what does it mean? Like, how does, how does it affect our faith? And I was thinking about when we take this bread, uh, we know that this is the body of Christ. We, it's a symbol of the body of Christ. So it's his life. That he lived a life. And the reality is, in that life, he gave it so we could live. So his death freed us to live. I mean, we can know God. I mean, if he doesn't die, we don't have that, that opportunity. And, and I was just kind of reflecting on communion and thinking about, you know, just people whose lives have been changed. And I remember it was almost 25 years ago. I was in Juarez, Mexico. And we had actually a training institute at one point there for years. It was amazing. I was speaking in this little, little small cement area, maybe 15 people there. And I, I spoke for a few nights on what it meant to live in the fullness of God's grace. And I remember a young couple walked in that night. And I didn't know at the time. It was uh, Tony and Coco. And uh, 
Tony and Coca came in, and they had decided before they came in that night that they were going to get a divorce, that their life together was over. And somewhere in that night, they made a decision that they would recommit their lives to Jesus, and then they would recommit their marriage. And the most amazing thing that's happened, and when I look and reflect at their lives, they've become dear friends over these 25 years, is they have done all these seminars on marriage for young couples. Just they've invested in people, taught them how to hang in there during the difficult times, what it meant to trust Christ with their lives. Pastor Tony has become this unbelievable missionary in Juarez, even to the towns outside, discipling pastors and leaders, teaching on the grace of God. Isn't that amazing? See, I think sometimes we forget the life wasn't just so we could know Jesus, was that we could know how he wants to work in our lives. So this, this is our hope, that, that every day is a new day with Jesus. You know, when, when Donovan's speaking about that, acts of faith, exercising our faith, every day we get this opportunity because of his life. So let's take it together. I wanted to share something, and we'll pray about that in a second, but Pastor Tony, I had him on my heart this last week and a half, so I started emailing him just to see how he was doing, and finally got back and found out that he had the COVID virus, had it really bad, and got really sick, and actually ended up having a surgery, a really painful surgery. He's in the hospital for a week, and it looks like the, this process is going to take about three months of healing. So it's really, it's just awesome to see even the connection him I could make this week at kind of a pivotal time. Well, let's just stop and pray for him before we get to the, the uh, communion part of this here. Father, we thank you for this faithful man of God. Uh, Tony's just been just such a joy to watch, just his hunger, his passion for you, how he's given his life to disciple others, to live a life of grace. And God, I just pray you'd have your healing hand upon his body. And we're so grateful that you are a God who's involved intimately in our lives. But just have your hand on him and bless him. In Jesus' name, amen. I think he might be watching today, so hey, Tone, how are you, man? <laughs> and so when we look at this, we, it symbolizes the blood. Jesus. I mean, it's significant. Do you realize without the blood, without him pouring out his blood, we wouldn't have forgiveness of sins. This, this was, this had to happen. You know, you see all the Old Testament stuff, everything happened to point to Jesus, but it was the blood of Jesus that covers our sins. And so forgiveness becomes this really significant part of our lives. So we receive this forgiveness, no matter where we've been, what we've done. When we ask forgiveness, when we are putting our faith in Jesus, he forgives everything, past, present, future. We are completely holy and blameless in his sight, in love, the scriptures tell us, by God's grace. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that encouraging? But if you really understand that, then you extend that forgiveness to others. That's... Maybe one of the most difficult things we do, isn't it? Because we have those people in our lives that have hurt us pretty deeply. And I was thinking about a woman who had an incredible 
a special relationship. Her, her name was Muriel. She was my stepmother. She passed away 10 days ago. She was 95. But as I go back in the kind of the history of my relationship, so she's the woman that took my mom away. And so the, my initial response to her, and then my dad took on her family instead of our family. I mean, I didn't like this lady. I mean, I would say that there was just really a, almost a bitterness in my soul towards her. And I remember, you know, I'd ask God to help me forgive. And this, this is a misunderstanding. We think forgiveness is this kind of one-time event. That is such a misunderstanding of forgiveness. Forgiveness is continuously going to the Lord and saying, you got to do something. you got to change something. I want to forgive, but the truth is, I just don't like her. And there was a lot of times I told the Lord that. I don't even want to be around her. But something happened 20 years ago. Something changed in my soul for her. I, suddenly, I, she was forgiven, and suddenly I was moved towards this love for her. It was this unexplainable love. In fact, after my dad passed away about 10, 11 years ago, whenever I'd go into town, my daughter and I used to have these road trips, and we'd go into town. I'd, I'd Back in Wisconsin, I would call her up and take her to lunch and just hang out with her. I got to know her. I got to know her story. She's a pretty amazing lady. She had a faith that was really special. See, see, I think sometimes we think of forgiveness for ourselves, but we forget that the story just begins with forgiveness. It's often that God uses that forgiveness to reconcile relationships for us to see maybe a love that we would never have, a relationship we might never even think of having, and it becomes a super special thing. Three months ago, uh, I'd gotten a call, or I can't remember, it was an email, a text from her daughter saying she didn't think she was going to make it. And, and, oh, my heart just was like, I just want to see her one more time. I said, Lord, please, give me one more time. And I got a chance about three months ago. And I went back, and we just had this wonderful conversation. She was so connected when we talked. It was so awesome. Such a special gift from the Lord. So that's what communion's about. It's about the gifts of God. It's about forgiveness. See, our faith is not faith unless we understand forgiveness. And it really isn't practical faith unless we practice it. And, and, and it seems impossible at one level, and I think it is. But by the grace of God and with his help, we can not just forgive, we can have relationships with people we thought we might never have a chance to. So let's take this together and remember that forgiveness, the blood of Jesus. Let's pray before we end in worship here. Father, thank you so much for the words today. Thank you for Donovan, just that he is just a, a living expression of faith. He's just, a, he's just got that just genuine faith. And God, just getting to know Libby in these last years, I, she's just a gift to life. We just thank you for her. And God, we, we thank you that we come from so many different places, but we all come before you today to say thank you. And we're so grateful that you would choose to, pursue people like us. God, that you know there's days when we have nothing to do with you. Our hearts are full of anger and bitterness, unforgiveness, and yet you continue to love us. See, it's actually your kindness that leads us to repentance. And as we take communion, we're just so grateful for our salvation. We're so grateful for this faith that we've entered into with you, a relationship with the living God. God, I just want to especially thank you for Mike Flack today.
God, that you had a plan in eternity that he'd be born 49 years ago. And he has become this gift. And, and I was just, as we were talking today, I was looking upstage and seeing the family up here and his friends thinking, that's the best gift you could have is your kids leading worship. I don't think anything could be much better. So we're just grateful to you, Lord. Just bless this day, God. Let us know your presence in a significant way. called Highlands um, and it's just about praising God on the mountains and in the valleys um, and I love what Donovan and Libby were saying about just holding on to faith unswervingly in the midst of any circumstance um, and so when we're singing this song let's just remember all of those milestones where God has shown himself faithful um, just throughout our lives and just remember that he will continue to be faithful in every circumstance um, and so let's just praise him whether we're on the mountain or in the valley right now um, because he deserves it oh how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side Oh, how long have I chased the rivers From lowly seas to where they Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the highlands and the heartache, you need them more, no less inclined. Cause I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find And I will praise you on the mountains I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the summer where my feet are In the valley, the valley's all the same Oh
sing this next song um, I think it's okay for us to ask God to help us have the faith that we are hearing about today 
And that's just what this song is doing. It's, it's declaring that we need him and that we need his help to have faith in him and what he has done and what he will do. So let's just earnestly ask this of the Lord today with just open and uh, willing hearts. I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life. And all I am, I surrender. Give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good, and your love is
stand and sing this last song together Just declare him as our firm foundation worthy of every song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever be worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy and holy, there is no one like you. There is no Breath we can ever breathe. 
sing that one more time. together. Let us live, help us live, just trusting in your faithfulness as our firm foundation. God, we know what you have done, and we know you will continue to do great things in our life. So God, we love you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.